As parents of autistic kids, their beautiful brains amaze us every day. But this show is about our mental wellness. Hi, I'm Shani. And I'm Autumn. Together, we tackle the hard truths about parenting autism and how sometimes it can feel like we're drowning. In a puddle of our own tears. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to let you know we see you. We hear you. And And you you can can thrive underwater. The Thrive Underwater podcast is not a replacement for therapy, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are having a mental health emergency, please contact 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out to a local provider in your area. Hey there, parents. Just wanted to let you know that we do use spicy language, so you might want to prepare ahead. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our podcast. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. So what are we talking about today, Shani? Well, the title of the podcast is Same Water, Different Stream. You know, over the years, I've tried to explain to family and friends the difference between parenting a typical child and an autistic child. Mm-hmm. I bet I can guess how that went. Let's <laughs> see. You were told that, oh, yeah, that's just being a parent or that's just a kid being a kid or a good spanking would stop that or some mm-hmm. version of, of that. And am I right? Are my psychic powers oh, yeah. on point today? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it still happens. Um, even if we go and visit, I still get those types of responses or comment commentary. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly though, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. That's so funny. if you're listening and have said those things, it's Okay. This episode should explain some things clearly and develop some understanding or, you know, at least I hope it does. Yeah, I hope so. Um, You know, I try to remember that most people have really good intentions. Most people, they're just they're just really trying to find the right thing to say and to connect. And they want to balance between compassion and not being offensive. And it just comes out all wrong. And honestly, if they don't have good intentions, just screw them. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry to be blunt, but I, I've not I've not yet reached self-actualization. So there's that. Well, yeah. <laughs> and when it's related to your child, I mean, come on, you know, yeah. uh, but, you know, on, and on some level, we do want others to understand, especially if yeah. they're part of our social circle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I want people to understand that. This is not your everyday kind of parenting. You know, there's a reason I don't want to talk on the phone or go hang out. And I I want my social circle to know that, as my daddy says, I'm give out. And there is literally nothing left for me to give. And it's really not personal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To all of that. Um, uh, Extreme parenting. Right. That's a good term for it. And um, and and no, there's there's not it's not about our children. There's nothing wrong with our children. Um, But we do have an enormous responsibility on our hands really every moment. You know, um, we're attempting to help our children live in a world that really doesn't understand them. It's it's not it doesn't accommodate them. It's not equipped for them. Um, And they, you know, don't really understand that. Um, and all of this at the same time of honoring their differences and keeping them safe. Yeah. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode was a bit of a challenge. 
you know, we want people, either parents of autistic kids or not, to know what this life is really like. But we do not want a pity party. No, 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 no. Put your pity no. back in your pity pocket. That's right. <laughs> this is not about pity. It's really about awareness and community. We want to support our fellow parents of autistic children, but we also want those who are listening that are part of their lives to have an inside view of what this is like and how this is different from a typical parent's experience. Yeah. I mean, there's so many similarities and there's a lot of differences. So we've come up with a simple way. I hope it's a simple way to explain this to our listeners. Yes. And here it is. It's that we are all in the same water. I mean, we're all in the same water as other parents, Sure, but this is a very different stream. Yes. We have many of the same struggles as other parents, but we're often whitewater rafting instead of drifting on an inner tube on a lazy river. <laughs> oh my God. My son's favorite, the lazy river. <laughs> um, but it's not to say that parenting isn't hard for everyone. Right. You know, I mean, it is, it is. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> here are our top five ways this life is different and the same as your everyday variety of parenting. Yes, it is. Are you ready to get to it? Um, yeah, let's get going. Welcome to the Top 5 Countdown with your hosts, Jenny and Autumn. Number 5. So here are our top five ways this life is different and the same as your everyday variety of parenting. Okay. Let's get going. Number five, cool. discipline. Well, we're just jumping right on in there, aren't we, Shanee? <laughs> yes, we are. So, you know, all parents understand that there are limits. Um, however, however, discipline is complicated for us. So I, I don't know how it is other places, but here in the South, spanking and or timeout are the go-to techniques for disciplining. That's how it is here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's just, it doesn't work. I mean, you know, at, at least not for my kid and uh, yeah, I think, work for <laughs> yeah, I think for a lot of other kids too, that's why sometimes parents uh, are frantic pulling their hair out. Why is my kid keep, why do they keep doing the thing they're doing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a really hard area for me is, you know, what works. It's trial and error. And it does take a toll on my mind. It's, it's the consistency of it is, you know, we, I reach a situation where I'm like, okay, I need to set a boundary. How do I do it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, my kid has a PDA profile, which is under the autism umbrella. Uh, it stands for pathological demand avoidance. And so one of the things about these types of kids is that like, whatever you do today, may not work tomorrow. So uh, he's constantly keeping it exciting. <laughs> oh, I, I, it is the exact same here. And, you know, if you, if you've met one child or a person with autism, you have met one child or a person with autism and listen, we're not parent shaming. What methods might work for you and your child may not work for ours. So, you know, it is what it right. is, but 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, not, not at all. I, th- I think in some ways, you know, it's for us, at least, it seems like this has been a journey laced with research and practice and yeah. it, it really never ends, no. especially because they keep growing and developing. Right. So we, yeah. we, you know, it, it, it can change on us. Yeah. Just like you said earlier, you know, we, we don't know what we don't know. And the next, the next day might not work as the day before. So it's, it's a real challenge. So on to number four, Shani. Number four. Number four is protection. Oh, yes. Protection. One of my favorite movies. I need to watch it again because I need a good laugh. Is Spinal Tap. Have you ever seen Love it. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite scenes is that a bandmate is showing off his amp. And he's bragging uh, to the interviewer that it goes up to 11. So this is my go-to way of explaining the protectiveness of my kid, it goes up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, we have yeah. to look out for the dangers that other people may or may not see, you know, dangers everywhere. Oh yeah. And autistic kids come with a variety of physical challenges as well as your sensory and emotional and sometimes cognitive challenges. And our spidey senses are on 11. And, you know, I know a lot of friends and family members think I'm neurotic, but this is kind of a normal level of protection. For uh, us. Uh, yeah, I've been called a helicopter mom many a time. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, that's I'm going to scan the environment. I have to um, yeah. not only in public, but even in our home for potential dangers. Yeah. And again, I think this it's a it's just a constant. Yeah, it is. It is. Number three. All right. What's number three? Okay. Number three is relationship changes. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> Just got a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little flush. Uh huh. Or verklempt, as we would yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So our friendships and family relations you know, they, they change and sometimes they end. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, our relationship with our partner or our spouse. Well, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have a whole episode on this, um, on the specific uh, specifics of all these. Um, but I want to take a moment of silence for our partnerships and marriages. Oh God, I just had, I had to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to our romantic relationship episode. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I, I mean, it's going to be a hard one for sure. This, no. but we, it, it's true. We do have a hard time keeping old friendships and a harder time making mm-hmm. new ones. And community is a vital part of everyone's mental health. It is a big deal. I think this is one of the goals of what we are doing. You and I, Absolutely. this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, many friendships that I have have actually been made on Facebook. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very strangely enough and in community. So But a lot of us have very few or zero friends. And 
like you said, there's, we're going to talk about this in another episode, but for now, just know that if you're a parent of an autistic child, you are not alone. And if you love a parent or guardian of an autistic child, please understand that many of us have lost friends, um, suffered in romantic relationships. So for God's sake, be kind. There is a lot going on. Absolutely. Seriously. Number two. So number two, fear of the future. Uh, the what happens if I die game we play on repeat in our mind. This is not like a typical parent. This is more like when I die, who will provide for my child's mental, physical and emotional needs? Because many of us don't know what's going to happen. Can I add something that is also me, you know, <laughs> Well, I don't know. Let me not go so far as to say it's offensive, but we also think about like, will that person who can, who we are thinking of to do this, are they up for it? (laughs) Will they be capable? You know? (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. I mean, it's the fear that our child will be left in this world without any support. Um, You know, it's for, for both childhood, for adulthood, uh, most of us, I would say are not independently wealthy. Um, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can. We, and yet this, this, um, providing for our kids is, uh, incredibly financially taxing. So, you know, we need to think about that. Yeah. It, It honestly, this is a really tough topic for me personally, because, it pushes on a bruise in the core of my being. Uh, it, it might not always be on the forefront of my mind, but it's on repeat somewhere in my subconscious. And it really happened. It's really powerful on my birthday, my husband's birthday and my son's birthday. It's like we're mm. creeping closer to it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, we, we can go in depth in another episode, um, but yes, it's, it is, it can be extremely troubling. Yeah. So let's move on before I'm drowning in a puddle of my own tears. <laughs> Number one. Okay. Drum roll, please. The number one way we are in the same water, but in a different stream for your typical parents is. We, we love, love our, our children. children. We love our children and the love of a parent, the love a parent has for a kid. It's a different kind of love. It just is. And well, right. And so we don't love our children any more or any less than any other parent. Nothing we do is different than any other good parent would do in the same situation. Shani, we are not superheroes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to tell you, but let's say that again for the people in the back. We are not superheroes or angels or anything else supernatural. We were not blessed at birth. We were not blessed at birth as special. So God gave us special kids. We are normal people who love their kid, period. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because this is where we all are in the same water and um, in the same stream, you know, so uh, 
you're right. We're, we're not, there's no like special, I mean, I think any other parent, especially when you hear, uh, I don't know how you do the thing you do. It's like, you would do it too. It's just, you it's just, just you parent. just would. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, of course there's differences with how we approach parenting any child, yeah, but the love is absolutely the same, same it's intensity. The same. It's just the yeah. same. And the intensity is the same. I just, I, I just really, I don't want to be put up on a pedestal because I love my child. Yeah. Let me knock you down. Yeah, no. So, so, you know, this is a quick list, right? We got through yep. our five. Um, there is more of course, but, uh, we'd be here all week. So yeah, yeah we don't have that long. I've got a parent, <laughs> but there is one bonus reason I wanted to add, and it came from a Facebook group member. And when she said it, it really resonated with me so much. So here it is. All parents celebrate when our kids have a win. Every parent does this. You know, like a good grade on a test or, you know, you caught the ball at the ball game or anything like that. But parents of autistic kids celebrate small victories with vigor. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. When, you know, uh, it took a long time for my son to be able to walk upstairs a long time, lots and lots and lots of therapy. And when he walked up the stairs by himself, I was partying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me of when I looked out the window one day and my son was swinging on a regular swing, you know, one, not one of those, the toddler swings, because he couldn't fit in those by the time he swung on a regular swing. And I was like, what in the world is happening? It was yeah. like unbelievable. But here's the thing, too, with my son. I have to be really careful how I celebrate because he again, I think this is a PDA thing, but compliments are big, loud exclamations of praise. He doesn't go for it. So mm-hmm. inside there are explosions <laughs> and fireworks. <laughs> but outwardly, I'm like, good job, buddy. Well, so you did it. You did it. Yeah. And then, you know, he's more likely to do it again if mom's not like going crazy. <laughs> so there's our beautiful top five list. And I think it's time for us to talk about why psychologically uh, we feel like we want people to understand our lives. And um, I'm just wondering, are you ready to give us some insight? Sure. Ready. All right. Great. Let's do it. Are you still there? Can you hear me? You're there. Are you listening? So there has to be a reason, Shani, why we have an adverse reaction when people just don't get it. Why do we care so much? So this has to do with how our brain is wired, really. You know, we are wired to connect. And if you think about thousands of years ago when we lived in tribes, we relied on each other to survive. So it really is wired into that primitive part of our brain. Mm. You know, we we have such a sense of threat if we are experiencing any kind of rejection. Mm. It's kind of like you're about to be thrown out of the tribe. You know, and here's the thing. We are tasked with caring and defending our child. Mm -hmm. 
And so if we feel like someone is rejecting them, Mm-mm. that means we are rejected. Yeah. You know, and it uh, activates the part of the brain that is the, again, it's the survival part of the brain. So even though the, what I'm saying sounds pretty extreme, that is what's going on in the more primitive part of the brain. That threat center, the amygdala gets kind of, you know, the emotional fear center of our brain gets all worked up because it's sensing a threat. Mm-hmm. Now, the you know, we have a, this front part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex that does the thinking. Right. So we may look at that person and say, oh, they're so grumpy. I wouldn't want to be around them anyway. Or <laughs> what does she know? Or what does he know? They're so old school or whatever. They don't get it. Right. But that other part of the brain, if we're feeling worked up, if we're feeling emotional about this, that other part of our brain is also informing what's going on here. Yeah. And so does that make sense? Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And you mentioned the word survival. And I think that, you know, of course, there's ups and downs in, in, in this parenting. Uh, autistic kids that we deal with. But a lot of times we are in a survival mode. So my question to you is that because we are in this mode a lot, especially during the COVID stuff, would that put us a little bit more in tune to this survival part of our brain, this primitive part of our brain, or am I totally off course here. Yes. I mean, sure. I, I think absolutely. Um, I think context is everything though, you mm-hmm. know, and it's going to be individual. So I would also look at what are the factors that are going on, uh, you know, outside of that moment of rejection. So like, you know, um, if it's been COVID, right? Big stressor. Right. Then you haven't been sleeping very well. Uh, maybe your food is not great. You know, you're you're not getting your nutritional needs. You're mm-hmm. really at your max uh, already. Lack of sleep, lack yeah. of nutrition. Like that's going to take you're you're going to take a hit. Yeah. And then someone, a relative, comes over um, and says, "Why won't Johnny uh, just you know tell me how old he is when I ask him?" And Mm -hmm. if you turn around and lash out or, you know, yell at the person or maybe, you know, so again, fight, flight or freeze, right? That it may look like uh, freezing up for some of us Mm -hmm. and not knowing what to say. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's, you know, uh, he's autistic. Uh, What can I tell you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, it's, we have to look at also like the context of everything, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we're just better able to handle it. Right. And maybe it rolls off our back because we're, you know, we're sort of like, uh, you know, I've been around this block before people are people or, you know, they don't really maybe we can even get into our prefrontal cortex a little easier and say, like, that's just an ignorant person or they really don't know much or we have an opportunity to educate. Right. Yeah. If we are already stressed and in survival mode, those kinds of things are not happening. No, no, no. There's no. That, that person, the, the, the judgment, the criticism is like really like a stab in the back. It, it can feel throat, like, or in the brain. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or the heart. Right. It's a stab in the heart. A lot of times yeah. because you're like, I don't see what the problem is here. My kid is fabulous. This life that I lead as a parent of an autistic kid is very normal now. 
this yeah. is my normal. Yeah. And when somebody sees this as abnormal, I'm kind of like, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> how is, this is just like, you know, this is him. What's the yeah. deal? You know, yeah, that's probably well, and it, totally off topic, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that it makes sense here and it, it sounds also like you've probably done a lot of work on yourself yes. and acceptance. And I think that also helps that part of our brain. I think it's so much harder at the beginning of this journey. Let's yes. say when our kids are like newly diagnosed, we know nothing about it. We're not mm -hmm. sure why they're doing the things they're doing. And then someone makes a comment about it or, or even blames us for some Ooh. of the behavior or whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, we go into the threat mode way faster. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why are you making, why are you blaming me for my child being awesome? <laughs> well, that's the, that's the attitude definitely for now. Like that's I wonderful. Take that blame because my kid is so cool. Yeah. 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 Give me the credit. Yeah. Blame. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So there you go. There you Back go. To that, that primitive brain doing its thing. But I know there's a lot of people out there, myself included, and I can't speak for you, but I bet you, you too, that this can take a real toll on our mental health when we run into this situation, like you said, depending on context. And we need another tool for the toolbox, my friend. Yes. Yes, absolutely. This is a tough one. For sure. I mean, there is a way to deal with it because we're, we're going to have to, uh, you know, we're going to be with our kids for ever. <laughs> right. right. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and so it would be helpful to realize, to, you know, figure out how to, how to deal with this. Cause it's going to come yeah. up. Yeah. So let's get to our tools. I got your tools for the toolbox. You need a wrench and you need a hammer and you need a screwdriver. So, all right. Okay, Shanice. So let's talk about reactions to when people reject us as parents or our children. And I'm just going to be real straight up here. It, it will piss me off. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's anger. Um, it'll hurt my feelings. So having some um, rejection of, of self and of your child. Uh, it can make me really sad. It can make me afraid. Uh, does someone want to hurt my child? So mm. there's really this symphony of emotions. Uh, one generally is prominent over the other ones, but sometimes they're just all in harmony and kicking yeah. my ass, honestly. Well, it, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, part of it yeah. is that your, our brain is uh, structured to keep us surviving. So these experiences, these are the, the experiences of those emotions are going to be intense yeah. because if the threat center is activated, basically that part of the brain is saying, watch out, something bad is happening. Right. 
Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, but there, you know, there is a way to deal with this. There's a way to soften our reactions to, to help ourselves. Yes, there is. So it's time for a new tool. So get after it, my friend. Tell us what is a tool. Okay. One of them is real simple. It's knowledge, you know? So like I mentioned before, why do we even react this way? Right. Sometimes when we know something like, oh, I, well, I know why I did that. Yeah. I know why this is actually happening to me. Um, This can really help calm our, you know, kind of flip us back into our prefrontal cortex and say like, you know, it's okay. Just take a couple of deep breaths. This is really just some, you know, person who doesn't know anything, given their opinion, uh, and we don't need to punch them. Uh, We are okay. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of goes back to what we were talking about last episode. And I think that we probably are going to say this a lot. Uh, It's naming the gremlin. Yeah. Naming the gremlin. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Knowing what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And then feeling it. So this is, you know, again, it's going to be part of um, now. Here's the thing. Let me just give a little disclaimer. Feeling your feelings and acting on them are two completely different things. So feeling anything and everything is completely fine. Let yourself feel that anger. The even if it's rage that comes up allow yourself to feel it where we want to, you know, watch out is whether we are actually going to punch the person or (laughs) yell something at them. You know, that's not good for anybody. You want to think about like how you'd feel about yourself, what your child, I mean, it's traumatizing, right? Yeah. It's hard. Um, Yeah. But there, but feeling our feelings is not dangerous. So that's uh, one of the ways to, to kind of do it. And that takes practice and it takes mindfulness and it takes also, you know, look for a lot of people out there who ha- don't know how to do this or have grown up with messages around suppressing their feelings, mm-hmm. right. Or showing only certain feelings and not others. It takes some work to get in touch yes. with what your feelings actually are. Yes. I would highly recommend that if this is challenging for you to, to seek out a therapist. Yeah. I, I think it can be immensely beneficial and not just because I'm a therapist, I'm saying this, but <laughs> I think it's yeah. good for all of us, you know, yeah. who struggle with that. We're going to do an episode on normalizing therapy because yes. this is a huge deal um, for so many people. They think, well, if I'm going to a therapist then there's something wrong with me, no, Mm-mm. it just means you, oh, as with all human beings who were raised by human beings, have some things that you need to work on, period. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it isn't... Um, We just need to normalize this thing because feeling your feelings is um, scary. Yeah, it Um, can be. Mm -hmm. It can feel like they're going out of control. It it can feel like you're losing a sense of self. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's important to learn how to move through this because it is uncomfortable. And as we will do probably in every episode, there will be other tools that we talk about for how to manage whatever intense emotion is coming up so that you will end up with more balanced mental health. Well, and I do want to add this in really quickly is one of the things that helps me most. There's a lot of tools that I use, but one of the things that helps me, and I I'm sure you use this as well is deep breathing and counting Mm -hmm. my breaths, you know, letting whatever's happening in my body happen 
but focus my mind on breathing in very deeply, breathing out and counting each breath. It really does. It really does help. And, and that has taken a lot of practice too. A lot of practice. Yeah. Um, So they're not going to kill you. You got to move through. So your logic, the the feelings, the feelings, feelings. not your, not your family members. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they better not. That's a whole nother survival tactic. Right. There you go. (laughs) I'm not sure we're going to, we, we have the um, tools to help you with that one. Um, That's different kind of episode. I mean, different kind of show. (laughs) (laughs) Different kind of show altogether. All right. I love it. I love it. So let's do a quick recap of everything we've learned today on Thrive Underwater. It's time to review your notes for the pop quiz or life. So to recap, we are all parents and, you know, like all parents, we love our children. Yes, we do. But as we have said a couple of times, this is a different stream. It is full of white rapids and alligators. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this is extreme parenting and yeah. it is important to acknowledge this episode is not only for the parents of autistic kids, but for the people who love them. Mm-hmm. Compassion and understanding is really all we want. Uh, well, maybe a night out here and there. Yes, I would love that. But when someone isn't willing to understand, we really can help out our own mental health by going to the toolbox. Yes. So the the tool for today is feeling your feelings and understanding how your brain works. Yep. Naming that gremlin. I love it. I love it. That was fun. It was. And in contrast to this episode, our next episode will be the dangers of comparison. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good topic. That's a really good topic. (laughs) We've spent an entire episode comparing and our next episode is about not doing that. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) The irony is not lost on me. So, all right. Okay. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And if all this is too much to remember because you're busy treading water, check out our website at www.thriveunderwater.com. We have links to our shows, social media, blogs, resources. You can sign up for our newsletter and support our podcast. Thanks again and keep on thriving. Keep on thriving.